I was born ready. Oh. <laughs> I guess that's a way to be born. Yep. Ah. <laughs> We're back. We skipped a week. We are back. We skipped a week because Cameron is too busy. It is true. <laughs> well, it won't be like this for long. Yeah. So sorry about that. We're back as much as we can (laughs) (laughs) and we wanted to i guess relax a little bit with what we were watching this time around and uh do something a little bit uh it's a few years old but uh, not much so maybe you've seen it in the tweet where i said we were skipping last week i said we'll probably come back with something from the 2000s so i lied you did lie this is not a 2000s movie i thought we might do we're flirting with Spy Kids and Shrek, which are from similar time periods. Oh, we're flirting with them, all right. <laughs> so I'll always be flirting with Shrek. Yeah. Ew. Oh, um, you said it. Maybe we, we'll come we to those. I forgot about those, actually. But you... See, I wanted to do Shrek, but you wanted to rewatch the first one. And I said, you don't need to rewatch it because it's in your head. It is. That's why... That's the delay on Shrek and Spy Kids. I don't know. We just watched Zootopia because Cameron hadn't really seen it for reals. I honestly need to rewatch Spy Kids too. Why? I can't remember it too well. Which <laughs> but one? But I remember the first and third ones that we watched pretty good. Okay. Um, Second one you don't remember? Yeah. The Island of Lost Dreams. Yeah. With your doppelganger dad. Exactly. Your dad. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah. Well, this isn't a Spy Kids uh, I know, episode. Sorry. <laughs> this is what you just had said. Uh, Zootopia. Yes. Is what we're covering today on High Key Book Club. Yeah, it's neither of those early 2000s movies. It's a 2016 movie by Disney, but Cameron hadn't really seen it. Or, what? Yeah, you hadn't really, like, paid attention. Or What? What? You hadn't seen Zootopia. I had seen Zootopia. Well, but you didn't remember anything. I mean, I didn't remember most things. That's <laughs> exactly. But I remembered, I, actually... I remembered a small female cop. That's an animal. You, you were like, oh, there's a fox and exactly a police fox or something. <laughs> you guessed for some wild shit. I'm surprised I didn't guess Star Fox. <laughs> you wouldn't get that Nintendo <laughs> reference. Oh, I know it, he's in Super Smash. Oh, <laughs> I forgot you know about that. Well, you, I know more Nintendo than you. I have, I had all the Nintendos. Privileged. Which, which, <laughs> Which Nintendos did you have? I had the the, the Nintendo, the 64. The 64? Yes. What else? That's it. Oh, no, I had a Super Nintendo, actually. But I think I got them in reverse order. I think I got the Nintendo 64, then the Super Nintendo. I had all of them. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been nice. It was, it was. Well, Zeleni, who are we? Well, if, your... if you're listening and wondering who we are... We'd love to tell you. Who are we? It's so your then, job. Is it? Yeah. So we are High Key Book Club, and we're a, a book club where we podcast movies and TV shows. Nope. 
<laughs> I like again. it though. I like it. We're a podcast where we book club movies and TV shows. Yeah. Uh, and we are your hosts. I am Cameron. I'm Zeleni. Hey. What's up, Zeleni? How are you doing today? No one would know you got two hours of sleep. No one would know, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm faking it until I make it. Yeah, you are. You're doing good. <laughs> well, thank you. All. <laughs> and then I crash. And oh, my God. <laughs> I actually did crash at the end of this movie. Boy, did you ever. <laughs> I, I slept through the whole climax. I was so sad because she was pushing to watch this. And oh we, were, we were originally just going to watch the first half, which oh, yeah. we probably should have just done that. Yeah. Uh, because I look over when it's starting to get <laughs> actually good. Oh. <laughs> like the plot's actually thickening. And then she <laughs> crashed out. I basically fell asleep when the you climax. Always, you always How did you? So <gasps> let me ask you, how, how was it to rest your eyes so peacefully next to your loved one? knowing that you're okay to do that. What? Because you're always <laughs> poking me when I oh. doze off well, in the middle yeah, of watching something. A, why don't you poke me? I, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't poke people. <laughs> Especially when they're trying to <laughs> close well, their eyes. I, I've seen it before. You usually haven't seen the thing before, so I'm wanting you to experience it. I've seen it, so I felt I felt comfortable. It's okay. Sometimes I can just doze <laughs> off a little bit. Doesn't mean I'm not experiencing it. Yes, it, it does. You were still experiencing <laughs> it. No, I wasn't. I missed the whole climax, but I've seen it a few times before. So you can poke me. It's okay. It's not a poke fest. <laughs> anyway, I did sleep through the climax. That's usually when I doze off for some reason. <laughs> so Lenny's like, I got it figured out. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got to watch this. Uh, like Hocus Pocus, I also slept through the whole climax. It's so true. It's like you love all of the mundane, just like dialogue kind of stuff. Yeah. But then when it becomes action at the well, end, you're always crashing. The, all the jokes and fun stuff is in the is in the world, you know, the, the setup. It's so funny. Such a difference <laughs> for both of us. But I've seen it before, so I know the climax. The climax is... Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> well, are we doing a spoiler-free section here? Sure. Cool. Not too long, though. Well, Because it's, blah, it's blah, blah. been out. You're most, taking up time. Just telling me that. <laughs> most people... I'm, I'm saying most people have seen it because it was a very big hit. Big yeah. hit. That's big, good. It was a big hit for Disney. It had an important but or box office. Oh, In that it was a lot. <laughs> Let me guess. Okay, yeah. so uh, I would guess that this movie was made for something like sixty million dollars. No, way more. Ew, ninety million. Way more. What? One hundred and twenty million. <laughs> more. One hundred and fifty million. Yes. What? The are is our animal animations that difficult? Well, this movie was very innovative. Oh. In the animation. Okay. It was the fur was a big sort of thing they made like a whole new thing like they made a the whole fur. new software kind yeah. of just it was for called i groom oh <laughs> for That's all nice. the hairs was apple like i don't think so but <laughs> it seems a little late for the eye trend <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah it was very innovative in the fur and it, it is really beautiful beautifully animated oh, I, I did not know that and let me guess that domestically do you have domestic and worldwide ish yeah i would say domestically it made 600 million no less 450 around there maybe 
Okay. <laughs> and then worldwide, did it make like 800 million? No, less. <laughs> well, the worldwide one is the best number. Right. 700 million? Worldwide? Uh-huh. You just guessed 800 for worldwide. Wait. You said less. Oh, well, no. Worldwide is more. Sorry, I was thinking non-U.S., but without the U.S. included. <laughs> you have all this data in your database. Yeah, you're just, I'm not using notes. You're not even consulting any nodes. You just have this ingrained. Okay, uh, was it $1 billion? Yes. What? Yeah. How did it make that much money? It was a hit. Tell me. <laughs> it was a hit. It was a good, it was a good movie. I guess. I just thought the box office was dead these days. Like, people don't go out to movies anymore. It was the second highest grossing movie for Disney after, can you guess what? Avatar. No. That's guess, not Disney. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> Toy Story. No. Star Wars. No. Well, Star Wars doesn't count. I mean, Disney Animated Studios. Oh. Not Pixar. Oh, not. Frozen. Yes. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Frozen is number one. I, I bet Frozen 2 is going to knock it out probably. Oh, so there's a funny moment and this is a spoiler. What? Well, uh, don't, don't say no. No, no, no. It's just, it's not even, it's just an Easter egg. It's not uh, Well, we'll talk anything. about them in a sec. We'll, no, we'll I'm just going to say it right now because it's relevant to you saying Frozen 2. It's no. too late now. The moment's done past. <laughs> We'll talk about it. This we'll sucks. I hate a spoiler-free section. Well, then let's move on. Everybody hates them, Zeleny. Let's just cut them. Then let's move I on. I veto spoiler-free section. You were the one forcing me to do it last time. <laughs> yeah, I know. We can move on. I've had a change of heart. Oh my God. We can move on. <laughs> oh my God. Um, See, this is what happens. I get, I get, I get twisted in the head when I don't get sleep. Yeah, clearly. We can move on if you want. Well, I no. want to move on. No, no, that's not. I have stuff on. I have a lot of stuff on the background. Please enlighten it, us all. So Zootopia is, is a story about a bunny from the rural town moving to the city to try to become a cop, which there are no bunny cops. It's kind of a discrimination type. Well, it looks like it's kind of based on, I mean, there's that social class aspect, but there's also the physical stature of them as well. That they're, There's a lot that can implied. be... It can be interpreted in a lot of ways, metaphorically, to different isms, basically, now. But it didn't start as the story... Like, it, it went through a lot of changes, basically, in the script. And it was originally focused on Nick. Some rewrites. Yeah. It was originally... The protagonist was Nick the Fox. Uh-huh. And... He was the cop and Judy was just like a cynical sidekick or something. Mm. But they went through like test audiences and they decided like Judy was a lot more compelling and they decided to rewrite it to make her the protagonist. And it ended up being a really good timely metaphor for things, I feel like. I agree. I mean, (laughs) that's an interesting method to get to that to get to that end point of a more in- inclusive yeah. type of protagonist it's just through audience testing but uh yeah i mean lucky for them i guess and the timing of it all um in a sense but still 
on that note, I do think that it's, it's just interesting because you can tell that... What's the fox's name again? Nick. Nick. He has a very fleshed out character and backstory. Yeah. And so, which resembles kind of a protagonist. And so... I could see thinking of it that way, how not that it's the same Nick and backstory that they ended yeah, up using, it, but it's not really, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool uh, that they ended up going with, what's the bunny's name? Judy. Judy. Judy Hops. Judy and Nick. Mm-hmm. Officer Judy Hops. <laughs> yeah. It sort of came because they wanted a sort of redemption from Robin Hood. You remember the animated Robin Hood by Disney? Sadly, no. You don't? No. Oh, my God. I need to show you a picture. It was like a fox, and he was cool. He was Robin Hood. I roughly remember it maybe happening, but I don't think it must have been that acclaimed for me to not have heard about it. Yeah, it was one of them less high rated, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And they kind of wanted to redeem it. It was not good at the box office, you know. It wasn't. See, this is what it looked like. The fox. Oh, Oh, but that's, that? that's old. Yeah, from the 70s. Oh, so uh, this is like a redemption for that? Yeah, kind of. Like, and that's why it started as the fox as the character kind of based on this protagonist, mm. who is also like a handsome, charming fox. I mean, I like the idea of a fox trying to, you know, be good in the society that thinks of him basically like a wolf in a way, just like always. Well, but they also have wolves. Pre- right. Just, <laughs> just predatorial, right? Well, yeah, there's um, a lot of predators. But yeah, it was kind of a redemption from that for Disney because Zootopia ended Have you up, seen that movie, Robin Hood? Yeah, I loved it as a kid. That's interesting. Yeah, But I it's a lot more like typically sexist. Like the women are very like, ooh, womanly, you know, kind of thing. Mm. That's I remember. They play badminton, the ladies do. How sweet. <laughs> I thought I would be better at badminton in middle school. I still I sucked was, at it. It was like the one sport you could, everybody could be good at. But I was good at it. That was the only sport I was good right. at. Right. <laughs> I thought, uh, no, I was bad at it too. <laughs> the director of Zootopia was the main, the first one was Byron Howard. And he's the one that pitched several story ideas and it sort of morphed from one of those. But... Some of the others looked sounded very interesting. The, the Wikipedia mentioned some of the other stories he pitched, and one there it mentioned three of them. One was an all animal adaptation of the Three Musketeers. Oh wait, no, this is all one pitch that evolved into Stutopia. This is all one pitch. Get your facts straight. It's hard. It's hard how it's worded, but he pitched the story idea. The story idea of an all animal adaptation of the Three Musketeers, a 1960s-themed story about a mad Dr. Cat who turned children into animals, and a bounty hunter pug in space. I mean, give me give me space. <laughs> give me the space pug. You want the space pug? I want the mad Dr. Cat that turns children into animals. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I could see that as a Cartoon Network series. <laughs> That's true. It feels more... Um, subversive (laughs) (laughs) avant-garde well space pubs are universal every country (laughs) it's just so random like bounty hunter pug in space oh pug sorry what'd you say what'd you think i thought i said pub oh pup or i don't know pug a bounty hunter pug in space well i'm glad zootopia got picked up (laughs) right 
Very interesting. Yeah, it morphed a lot. Yeah, he was really into animals, you could tell. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine Zootopia has a big, like, fandom within the furry com- community. The furry community? Yes, because I follow, like, the Agatsuko subreddit, and it's, like, furry city in there. <laughs> and it's, like... Very you remember, interesting. You remember that show on Netflix? It's furry like, city? No, no. Agatsuko. Yes, I remember the show. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just making sure because they're like animals. I mean, you should tell the listeners in well, case they don't it, know. It's like this animated show on Netflix that's like Japanese and they're all animals. Like anthrop... anthrop, anthrop Anthropods. <laughs> What's it called? Anthropomorphi. Anthropomorphic. Whatever. They're, they're animals that look like humans. And... And I joined the subreddit because I like the show, but it's like a lot of furry type fan art, you know? Right. Especially for like, I feel like foxy type men look the most like furries. So like, I bet the the protagonist from Zootopia is like the, the fox. The fox is super popular, I bet, in the furry community. Because in agarsuko the hyena guy is like super popular everyone's thirsting over him so i would imagine the furries are thirsting for nick thirsting yeah very interesting <laughs> <laughs> you always learn something new uh on high key book club <laughs> uh fur <laughs> very very popular for this movie um and an important <laughs> part of the experience of zootopia what fur <laughs> sure so um, uh, it won an Oscar that year for Best Animated. Oh, cool. Feature. Yeah, I'm sure the fur had something to do with that. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Some major Innovation. leaps and bounds. I, I think Nick and Judy had like 2.5 million hairs on them, which I don't know if that's a lot for animals or not. But you can replicate hairs. Come on. What? Yeah, you think you can make fur like that? Yeah, it's called duplicate. Oh, my God. Repeater. Yeah. No, the particle the fur, systems. The fur is very beautiful in Zootopia. I well, remember. It I being wish you would have about. told me that before we had started watching, so that I could pay attention. Sorry, to Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Instead, I was wrapped, immersed in the story. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to know how progressive it was. It had an original song by Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. Okay, sorry. It was called "Try Everything." And they had a little musical moment at the end and at the beginning. So I think those are the most, the main things, non-spoiler. Okay, good. Yeah. So we can move on. All right. So would you like to walk us through Zootopia? Uh, loosely, because you get, if I say summary, you get hung up in the details. Well. Shoot out the gate. Zootopia, it. It, it's a little bit of the trope of like moving to New York City. It's kind of well, parallels yeah, right. it, that. It, so leaving pro- your small town. Yeah, the with protagonist hopes of dreams. Judy Hopps is has hopes and dreams of being a cop, and everyone puts her down because she's a rabbit, and rabbits. No, there hasn't been a rabbit police officer, and she doesn't care, and she follows her dreams to Zootopia, which is kind of a New Yorker super sort of the big city of the world and it's very cool <laughs> cities are cool <laughs> now like the, i mean like the movie's very cool for it's kind of the world it builds it reminds me a lot of pixar kind of 
in how they build worlds, kind of like inside out, building that world inside a mind did, kind of like that. This It took me a second to hear the mind. I thought you said mine. Mind. <laughs> I was like, they don't have a, one featured in a mine, do they? No. It reminded me of Pixar in that it's it has very clever, you know, it builds the world with a lot of detail. It has little Easter eggs for like different brands. Apparently, when she moves on the train to uh, Zootopia, she has, remember she plays her iPod and she plays that Shakira song by Glazelle in Zootopia. That's mm. who Shakira, Shakira plays. It's a gazelle. <laughs> Apparently in her song list, there was so a like lot what? of... Oh, go ahead. There was just a lot of like artists that were like animal puns. So like the beagles. Oh, I love it. That's cute. <laughs> uh, Caddy Perry. <laughs> I don't like it as much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Destiny's Cub. <laughs> you too, but you like E-W-E. Oh, what? <laughs> Fleetwood Yak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's clever. Fur fighters, gun and rodents. Wow! All right. <laughs> Hyena Gomez. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm living for these. K9 West. <laughs> uh, Mick Jaguar. Like West. Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, this is great. Yeah. So those were. Oh, I got one. I got, you got one. one. You got one. Sparrow Smith. Uh yeah that's all i got cool (laughs) it's actually funny like i'm realizing they have to be mammal puns because this brings me to zootopia is only mammals Mm -hmm. we don't see any reptiles any birds any fish any bugs or even monkeys because primates are too close to humans Mm. good point well that would make sense why I was referencing. So I took what that class called, I took a class, a science class at UT called age of mammals. And you did. Yeah. Why? Because it was part of my geology sequence Oh. for non-majors or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, it was actually a very informative class. Like it was one of those types of science classes where you don't expect to, you think it's going to be kind of generic, but, uh, I learned a lot in it and, um, it made sense why, so much of that knowledge was coming back to me watching this movie now because it's full of mammals and it's a whole the mammal is a whole kingdom i guess or a group of um animal types i guess and like you said these other types are just not even featured in there and i mean it would make sense what do you think about that uh i think it's cool actually i mean it helps uh i mean because people specialize in just mammals you know well yeah Um, but i'm just saying it's interesting to see a world of animals that excludes certain animals yeah it is i agree um it makes it I, I think it helps keep it more unified or yeah. just like more manageable, not only from the story kind of aspect of it, but just also from the technical animation side as well. Yeah. I think that the choice was mainly from uh, trying to keep that predator versus prey dynamic, like as best as possible. But that leads me to one of my questions is what do they eat? What? The, <laughs> the predators? Yeah. Flesh. Who's? At somebody's. Uh, no, they can't do that. That's a, a little bit of a so plot. So it's a loophole? I would say it's a plot hole. Is there a co- one coincidence, maybe? Yes. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll give it that. We were running into a couple of those. I can't remember them now. But in Zootopia? Mm-hmm. Really? I remember there was one other we weren't ran into, but um, you know, it's probably insignificant. Something with Don't technology matter. problem. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would give that their one coincidence. Okay. They're allowed uh, because so, it's a big one. So she gets into the city, Judy. Yeah. Uh, Judy hops. Uh, she is like, I guess, a young adult now. She just graduated. Um, like she graduates high school, goes to the city, and then she starts to well, train she, in the academy. Yeah. She does her training. She does great. It becomes kind of a nice PR sort of moment, too, for like the mayor to be like, oh, we're including our first ever rabbit cop, blah, blah, blah. And she's excited. But then first day, she gets assigned like a very simple task of traffic tickets and it's kind Traffic of duty yeah it's kind of disappointing because she really wants to be in on the action and she did well in her training it's just kind of like a showing the discrimination once she's in the real world it's like oh like in the real job it's right. like it's not over and it demonstrates the separation of powers also in terms of a department versus the city that controls that department it's like the city can make its own choices and have its own um initiatives that it wants to implement but then when it actually comes down to the those actions being taken in those various departments where that happens could be a different thing because at the end of the day it's i guess in this sense people actually still making those decisions and so she has to succumb to her sergeant that uh, wants to just you know continue the discrimination and actually probably didn't really want to have officer hops on his team anyway uh, so he's, I mean, obviously, because he tries to make a deal where if she loses. Right. Know, she so they, they have this quit. difficult case going of missing mammals. And because uh, she meets the otter, she feels like strongly passionate about the case and wants to be on it. But and that's when the sergeant offers her the deal of, well, solve it in 48 hours or you're fired. And you also have no resources or anything because she, well, it was because she ran after the weasel. She got in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why he, she was getting, she fired, she got fired, but mm-hmm. then she fought to stay on the case and she had that deadline of 48 hours. So that's one of the important parts of that moment too. I guess, and I think an important dynamic in there that happens is, well, one of them is how Judy, I think, feels related or relatable to the Otter man's, Mr. Otterman's wife, you know, because of, I think, like her size and stature and being kind of put down by people that are bigger than her or mammals that are bigger than her telling her no. And so I think that she feels like some sympathy. And 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 she feels like a strong sense of civic duty, too. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of why she wants to be a cop. And that like pulls at that part of her. But there's also the assistant mayor who, what's her name? Bellwether. Bellwether, right. Assistant mayor Bellwether. She, who's a little sheep. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, Well, but she was part of the mayor lion's ticket to get the prey vote. I see. Like. Interesting. So. Okay. Because it's a lion. Yeah. That needed the prey vote. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, okay. I missed that nuance. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> That's very interesting. It's very, like, again, accurate. It comments on a lot of things. Right. So that's a good commentary on politics and sort of the pairings of, like, political tickets or whatever. Right. Well, how at the end of the day, the vote is what matters. And yeah. um, 
Yeah, the ticket, And you see right. how he treats her kind of bad. And so it's kind of all for show that she they're like a team. Right. But she has like a dingy office and, you know. And, and she said a line at that moment after Judy accepted the case when that kind of ties it all together, saying how uh, us small mammals have to stay stick together. together yeah, yeah, stick together. So I think that that resembled kind of what I was saying about Judy's interest in wanting to take on the case or part of it. But and then also how they all relate to each other. The uh, bellwether, she kind of I mean, did she kind of fight for Judy to get certified or the job or because it's I guess it's part of this initiative in a way. Yeah. Where, mammal inclusion. Yeah. <laughs> so like bellwether helped push her into that position, mm-hmm. but can't necessarily help guarantee that she can stay in that position uh, it's just by chance that she shows up at that moment when judy's about to be fired that yeah allows her to to stay yeah because they think it's a good pr opportunity for judy to take on the case because right. it's a big profile case now why bellwether had it in her special interest to want her like why i don't know how she was well, maybe, incentivized maybe she underestimated her as well maybe some internalized speciesism (laughs) interesting (laughs) Uh, wow deep here (laughs) maybe she like thought because she's a bunny she wouldn't solve the case which because she was behind it all right so maybe she thought oh if the bunny does it maybe she won't get me she's inexperienced maybe no proved her wrong right well well she proved everyone wrong Yes. That's the whole thing. The only other important thing that happens between well, uh, yeah. all of this is that she meets Nick, the fox, yeah. the Nick, when she's out doing uh, ticketing yeah. for the parked he's, cars. He's a hustler and he ends up being like uh, in one of the pictures, though, like one of the only leads in the case of the missing mammals. And that's why she goes back to him. Like she meets him and it's a, it's kind of like a meat cube, but it's weird because they're different species, so they're not romantically, but it's like the dynamic is very rom-com, right? I I felt, I picked <laughs> it up, definitely. Are they together? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to put aside, I think, our media yeah, conditionings right. to look at it uh, with face value, especially from Disney. Disney, like, spent decades <laughs> conditioning them. yeah telling us that the male and the female have to be interested in each right. other right i mean they, they also have that dynamic of like hating each other but secretly loving each other mm-hmm. but I, it ends up being just like as partners slash bffs but because <laughs> they're different species it doesn't work like that i'm pretty sure <laughs> i don't know though maybe interspecies it's like yeah no they can I, explore that in the sequel <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's interesting uh <laughs> <laughs> like ligers <laughs> right <laughs> well so uh yeah which why didn't we have a liger in this movie Come on. <laughs> disney sleeping no i would have liked to see a platypus that's a mammal um partial. debatable <laughs> partial yeah. debatable mammal yeah it's one of those that's like uh, several things <laughs> it's like kind of a reptile or kind of and i don't know what it is but it's Kind of a mammal. It could have worked. Uh, I, I feel like it could have been a funny gag of like, it's rare or something. I don't know. <laughs> or weird alternative. <laughs> but anyway, Judy, since she has no resources and her only lead is Nick, they kind of end up as like a buddy team, misfit 
thing trying to solve this case for that's kind of the rest of the movie and they have this deadline which is important for our plot to move forward very good deadline you know clear goals there you go there you go and flex that vocab (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they're trying to figure out the mammals thing they go to this limo or they they go down the Godfather part, <laughs> right? And then it's so great. I love it. It's really it. funny. I like how this movie sort of honors a lot of, you know, fun things. Nods. Yeah, nods to a lot of things. Like mainly the biggest is the Godfather with the whole rodents thing, and the whole rodent society is a really fun thing because it's like a tiny society within the city. It's just funny. The girl, the the daughter is all Jersey, right? That's Jersey. Her accent. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> the the daughter of the Godfather guy. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> and she has like a big uh, beehive type, yeah, hairdo, Amy Winehouse style, yeah, <laughs> or Snooki later on. Yeah, I I loved it. <laughs> so it was just like very direct, like the quotes and the mannerisms. But it's like a rodent, so it's really funny. Are rodents known for being survivors of the uh, asteroid that hit? <laughs> Wait, what? I thought that no. was like their thing. No. That's like their claim. That's like the reason why mammals dominate now. Really? No, I think you're making shit up. <laughs> maybe maybe it was my age of mammals class. I don't think anyone survived the asteroid. And they don't no, know. No, yeah, definitely. They don't know if. Some the, did. Cockroaches did. Well, sure. But <laughs> the, the asteroid, they don't know if the asteroid actually hit. Well, okay. So as debatable as that itself is, <laughs> I just remember. Obviously, my science class from my liberal arts college took it as uh, grounded de facto. I didn't <laughs> think there were rodents in that time. So there were. And that now they they were earlier on. Right. They were earlier in their development than, say, reptiles or other species were along in their not species. Sorry, but other kingdoms were in their development. So they weren't as they were more new when the asteroid had hit. But it was part of their like adaptability to, I guess, like certain weather conditions, but also being able to like bury underground and hibernate for a long period of time mm. was um, and, and because their size that they were so small allowed them to like stay underground and bar- barrow underground while like the atmosphere cleared up. And, and so that's oh. how the mammals specifically survived that what? and ended up coming out as like, cause then it's like they didn't have any major predators that were. So they grew from rodents. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> uh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Well, we have the Godfather moment. That's just a really fun thing. It and, is really funny in my, and the wedding scene. Yes. <laughs> and it, which is, you know, just, straight from the godfather right my it's like you come here on my daughter's wedding (laughs) (laughs) unannounced (laughs) (laughs) you ask me for a favor (laughs) this is a voice it's so funny it's great marlon brando yeah well so we uh analyze it's a classic scene to analyze uh in film school for its lighting um okay and the 
main distinction of the lighting is that it's very clearly top overhead lighting coming straight down on the actors mm. and the effect that it has on the face is that it darkens yeah. like the shadows of the eyebrow cover the eye and create this kind of like bag underneath the eye so it creates this really dark shadowy uh, area around the eyes which is very not typical of Hollywood lighting uh, that reminds me of very like clear. comic book lighting mm-hmm. kind of interesting I feel like that's how they're drawn some like with the shadow over their eyes sometimes that's interesting. when they're being shady <laughs> yeah exactly so that's like the whole point and you know why they use that example because it's a, an example of non-typical lighting that's used for an effect to convey the uh, uh, illegality yeah. kind of right their shadiness and they had it in Zootopia too so it they was... did right and the eyes of all the rodents were very <laughs> darked out and the yeah. godfather himself and that was when <laughs> I had made that one note uh, when we were watching it was I'm pretty sure I was trying to watch the animation closely and I'm pretty sure the only moment where there's like a frame of the eyes opening is when he has this like spaz out when he says a line and then he says the word death and then his eyes just like pop open for like a quick (laughs) like few frames and then (laughs) shut down so it was just really funny and interesting the little details I've been trying to, but you know, as I'm taking this uh, intro to uh, visual effects class this semester, I'm starting to appreciate the frame by frame nuances of an animation. Nice. Well, this is a good one for that because uh-huh. it has so many little little things, little references. There's also shade at the DMV with the DMV scene. There is. <laughs> I, I, I had never even thought of it that way, but <laughs> it, it is shady. Very. <laughs> but true. <laughs> sad but true yeah <laughs> uh and it's an infuriating scene for people especially that don't like slow talkers or slow motion you know i've it, they really draw it out to make you frustrated when they want people to get to the point in the movie right or just in general in life mm-hmm. i don't know it's just like so slow and that was a used as a teaser that's right i remember that <laughs> well i remember seeing that as the teaser yeah and i remember it you know, catching me. It was a good hook to get me interested. Partially because, you know, they've always said that the sloth is my spirit animal. What? (laughs) I don't know if that's because uh, of any kind of uh, metaphysical intuition or (laughs) because they always thought my personality was similar to Sid from uh, Uh, Ice Age. He's not a sloth. He is a sloth. No, he's like an ancient sloth. (laughs) He is pre-Ice Age sloth. Okay, okay. I was actually thinking about Ice Age when you were talking about prehistoric things because that's like my only reference for prehistoric (laughs) (laughs) I was like, were there rodents in Ice Age? Wow, I'm over here (laughs) (laughs) quoting my science class. Yeah. Well, okay, I see, I definitely see a lot of Sid, but sloths, you do move slow. I think that's like his <laughs> irony, right? Is that he like, I mean, he's kind of slow in the head to like pick up things, but uh, he, he's real quick, right? Physically. Well, I, I meant, well, but you take a long time for things sometimes. Oh, I do. Like you would think from listening to Cameron on this podcast that he moves fast. Cause you would think so? Because he's energetic, because you're energetic. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, it's very forced he does not yes (laughs) it's a a persona (laughs) yeah i'm faking it he moves fast when he dances but that's about it (laughs) he doesn't you know get to the point of things so i can see the sloth thing not at first glance 
You like my gag? No. Damn. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a funny scene. So that's another like commentary. It, it's, it's a funny one, but it's it's just like a fun scene. That's, it's really well done. It, it's a memorable scene. I mean, I feel like the fur scene. on the sloth alone it took so much work. It's yeah. like the one animal you know, I remember the fur on. What the hell? Uh, Kristen Bell played the girl sloth that he like. <laughs> You like Kristen Bell? Like I, I so I was actually going to ask who voiced Judy, and one of my first picks possibly was Kristen. Oh, Bell. it's actually it's Jennifer Goodwin. She played Snow. Who that? She played Snow White in Once Upon a Time, and he she was in He's Just Not That Into You. One of my favorite terrible love hate relationship with rom coms. But anyway, she's she's really sweet in in Once Upon a Time, and Nick Wilde was uh, Jason Bateman. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. Got it. Very that type of dry humor guy, mm-hmm. you know. I'm glad he got some work. Sometimes I worry about him not getting enough work. I don't worry at all. He has plenty he... of work. Okay. okay, okay. Oh, he's, he was in that movie, the the Game Night one. I'm oh, I'm pretty okay. sure that was him. Like, he's he's working. Okay, don't good. Worry. Don't worry about him. <laughs> um, I always felt like they kind of forgot about him after Juno, but... <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him in a bajillion things. So, yeah, he got that role. I'm trying to think who else was known. Oh, I really like the girl who plays uh, the she bellwether. Uh, she has like, Oh, as an actress. Yeah, she's in Parks and Rec. Oh. She's a funny comedian, Jenny Slate, and she has a funny voice. She plays John Raphael. You remember him? John Raphael's the crazy friend of Tom. No. <laughs> the douchey guy. Uh, whatever. Oh, I, I remember him. Well, so she dates him? No, no, she oh. plays his sister later on. And she's just as wacky. Okay, and th- them together are nice. just wacky. I, I want to see that. It, it's pretty funny. Cool. We should watch. But yeah, she plays that. And then J.K. Simmons is the lion, the mayor. You know J.K. Simmons? Yeah, but unfortunately the lion doesn't get as much air time uh, on this movie as I'd like. Really? Really? As you'd like? you like more air time? I mean, for a lion? Hell yeah. Oh my God. You're such a species- For the mayor? Hell speciesist. Yeah. But I'm also a politician. <laughs> political junkie oh my god but not even i'm not even that hardcore yeah, you're about not. it i think we have some listeners that are more hardcore yeah probably um well you're not hardcore we need to cover that next thank you <laughs> can it be next i uh, sure i love that movie can you finish my line that's in my top three huh finish it which line it was a call and response oh well you're not hardcore that's what i said oh Unless you live hardcore. <laughs> is that what it is? I, more or less. <laughs> what do you mean? What is it? Uh, I, I feel like it's either unless or until. It's unless. Girl, I know this movie more than you. I didn't watch this and one in Spanish. you didn't respond the, after well, hearing it. Because I'm saving it for the podcast. <laughs> All the listeners who are like, what the hell are they talking this, about? It, we're talking about School of Rock, if you're unfamiliar. <laughs> It's an amazing. It's definitely in my top three favorite movies of all time. <laughs> it's so good. It really is. Don't sleep on School of Rock. Yeah. Ugh, so good. But anyway, so Zootopia is also very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw a lot of Bringing it back. similarities to sexism. The whole Judy thing reminds me a lot of sexism. First woman to do like typical man jobs, that type of thing. And it's, it's that, but you can also look at it at racism. But it's also weird because predator prey it's like it's its own thing as well it's like eating one of, it's weird like it's scary 
But it's also, racism is also very scary and sexism. So violence still happens. It's just the predator prey thing is kind of crazy. But it's cool. It's a cool metaphor. Especially in 2016 where it was so tumultuous. It still is, but it's that was the beginning of the big storm. So do you think that and, predator and prey and t- is like a metaphor for Republican and Democrat? No. Oh. I think it's, well, it's like for the, with a group in power versus the marginalized. Okay. Uh, but you can view that as like white people versus non-white people, men versus women, or men versus women and queer, that kind of thing. But also you could view it as like abled people with disabled people. Like it, I, it, it can have a lot of interpretation and that's what makes it cool because there's a lot of different ways. Because it's not direct enough that it's like exactly this is racism this is sexism it's true i mean i did like that's that theme a lot as well and i liked how the predators were they had still human qualities to them like you know don't just write me off like i i love that scene uh when it was right when uh officer hops just got like she just cracked the case um and and all that and she's giving her press uh, conference after it and then following the press conference after fox listened to her and what she had said in her mm-hmm. speech how fox uh or i can call him fox um, nick. <laughs> nick pretends to start becoming kind of predatorial i guess with her what yeah and then she you know reacts the way that she does and it just it kind of reinforces how uh prejudice can get ingrained into us yeah and and like in our society and like don't joke about that yes you know it's like like even when it's a joke it's like you have to be careful when you're like in the privileged side of things whatever you are because it's like you have to acknowledge your power and not be condescending even if you don't mean to you have to like think about it like what did she know she didn't know it was biological well yeah i don't know it's a hard, it's an interesting new sort of dynamic that we haven't seen before, but we have in many ways. It's like a cool, it's, it's a cool idea. Well, you know what'll be interesting? What? To see how you finish up the summary oh. with <laughs> having fallen asleep around this point. Uh, well, basically they find the mammals and at first we have kind of a red herring of uh, the mayor seeming guilty, mm-hmm. but then it's not he's just trying to figure out what's wrong with them so basically the then we ma- have our second conflict yeah exactly the, the mammals are in custody or knowledge of the government i guess the mayor but they don't know what's wrong with them so someone else is messing with them and making them savage basically that's the big problem they're trying to figure it out and it's basically ultimately they find like the the place where they have the injection stuff and and that's like the big uh, Breaking Bad uh, tribute, <laughs> <laughs> and they even call the the two sheep Walter and Jesse. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah, because oh. you you like, you watch Breaking Bad, right? I mean, I I don't I'm not as of much of a follower, but oh, have others. you seen it though? Yeah, I've seen the first few episodes, but I haven't watched it like seasons through. Oh, I thought you were a fan for some reason. I mean, I'm a fan of it. I just haven't watched it as much as I'd like. I mean, You're I would not love. A fan I of would it. love to watch <laughs> that show, and I feel like I can't watch that show with you. No, I hated it. Exactly. I watched the first episode. Yeah, exactly. You can watch it on your own, girl. I watched a few episodes, but it's like it was hard to watch shows without you. Oh. 
that's sweet, I guess. But I watch those with you all the time. But anyway. Yeah, so it, it's a pretty direct reference, kind of like The Godfather was to The Godfather. <laughs> this is very, like, Breaking Bad, and they're like, it, it's, it feels very, like, drug bust kind of <laughs> thing. But yeah, they named him Walter and Jesse, because in, in Breaking Bad, it's Walter, right? <laughs> so they find the stuff, and they figure out somehow, I don't remember, because I fell asleep, that the assistant mayor is behind it. But they have this whole... Secret plan, we don't know of. And that part was a little bit confusing to me. I'd have to rewatch it to figure out kind of how... Were you asleep too? She'd been part <laughs> of it the whole time. I wouldn't know if you were also asleep. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how they find out exactly the ma- the assistant mayor, the sheep's behind it, but they do. And she tries to corner them and turn them against each other. Well, I remember how they find out that she was. What? Well, they're like escaping. Um, they're trying to take the evidence back to... Um, because this whole like subway train had just exploded with all this evidence, but they still have a little bit left. So they're trying to take it back to the station to that they found where all the animals are. And then Bellwether approaches them and oh. then they're like, how did you know that we were here? Mm. <laughs> and then that's how they start to figure it out. Yeah. And she's chasing them with like, what are they? Like something. They're like big sheep. Oh, yeah, those, oh, yeah, like the <laughs> Breaking Bad guys. Yeah, yeah, they're like just big giant sheep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think rams, I guess. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> but that's true. So, yeah, they're docile beast. Yeah, they kind of pretend to turn against each other, but they end up not. And it's it all comes down back to the pen. It's a cute thing between them, Nick and Judy. And they use that to record the mayor, this the mayor saying that she's guilty. It's a carrot pen. Well, no, at this point, the assistant mayor had to become mayor. Oh, because, okay, okay, because basically... Originally, the, the original mayor the got The whole plan up. about the mammals was a PR stunt to make Predator seem, like, unstable and that they were going to kill people. So, basically, she was trying to take the power. But it shows that, you know, you... Well, I don't know. This is a hard conversation. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like she wants the prey to have all the po- the power and the predators to be all locked up but without she's the one influencing the yeah. predator's behavior right that's tough yes because <laughs> it's like trying to very philosophical dilemma. Y- yeah it really is but yeah i mean it was all it was all trying to influence public perception and it worked she became mayor uh because of it because they trusted a prey person instead of a uh the lion but then uh, it just goes to show that they are they too can be abusive of power. Right. Exactly. It's it's all subjective and and yeah, it's hard. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but they catch her and Nick and Judy's bond is strong enough that they pretend and trick her uh into thinking that he turned. Right. And they, blueberries. They figure it out. It's very Hunger Games almost. Remember? Yes. <laughs> Maybe. I don't remember because I was asleep. She goes to jail and everything is happily ever after. Yeah. But what happens is also uh, Nick becomes a cop because he ends up being very vital to the case and smart and he knows how to hustle. So he knows how <laughs> criminals think and there you go. it's a whole thing. So it's a cute, like he finds his dream too and he becomes her partner. They're so cool. They they look yeah. so cool in the car together. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see a follow-up to Zootopia. You <laughs> There's know? actually none in the works. It's just been like 
thought about, but there, it's not like an official, we're making it. Speaking of follow-ups, I was just going to say my one Easter egg that was in it. It's, oh, yeah. a, it's a silly it's Easter a egg, one. but uh, they, I guess when they're in the process of trying to find either the next location or find somebody that knows some information, they go up to the street vendor and they are like, Hey, have you seen blah, 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 blah. And, uh, the street vendor says something like, you know, I've got all, all of the movies that, uh, you love and the ones that haven't even come out yet. And they like pan to the ones when he says the movies that haven't even come out yet. And it's just all like Disney animated sequels. <laughs> like, and one of the, uh, DVD wrappers says frozen Two. Oh yeah. Yeah. But they also have, they're all puns. A yeah. lot of them are puns. Like it was Miawana. Oh, Instead right. Of yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was one. I don't remember the rest, but it was kind of like the song or the artist. It Why was... did they keep Frozen? It's... <laughs> well, because I don't know how oh, there's hype. But yeah, a lot of them were puns on on animal things. Good call. Yeah. yeah. Well, and... so that's Zootopia. Yeah. Um, Let me just double check my notes real quick. Okay. Real quick, see if I miss anything. No, I didn't miss anything. Good. Cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, overall, uh, so did you see this movie in the theaters? I think I did. Yeah. I, it was, it was a lot of hype. I, <laughs> I did not see it in the theaters. <laughs> um, I don't think it was an alien phase. I think it was like, <laughs> I was starting, I was kind of getting acclimated to university life still. And so it was not in my scope, but I did end up finding a way to see it because so many people were talking about it. And I remember really enjoying it when I had first saw the movie, but Around this rewatch, I don't know. You know, it's it still holds up really great as a standalone movie. I just feel like Disney has come even further than where at up to this point with this movie. With, like with what? Um, I don't know. With like uh, Moana. Really? Um, for example. <laughs> I liked this way more than Moana. Really? Moana has too many plot holes. Yeah. The water looks real, though. I'll stand by that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Something like that. I don't know why. I don't know if it had to do with the animation or something else, but... There just hasn't been that much Disney after that. Yeah. That's like... I mean, so it's not so much the story I had issues with. I think the story is great and everything. I think maybe it's just the animation. But it's like amazing breakthroughs. I know, but I feel like they've bro broke through more since Man, then. what? I don't know. I said Moana. Moana water. didn't have a bunch of fur. Yeah. Just a bunch of water, which is easier. So I don't know. At the end of the day, uh, Zootopia holds up, so I would give it an A. I'm giving you a judgy look. A minus? No, A plus. It's an amazing work. Yeah, see, so I can't get to the A plus level oh. with you. But Shame. I'm at the A level. Mm. Girl, come on. <laughs> come on. Don't give me those eyes. <laughs> I'm giving them. Ugh. It's just like so clever and smart and a beautifully built world. And the fur is amazing. Like the fur on the yak. Remember? It was, it looked real. On the yak. Remember the hippie nudist? Oh, I loved him. That's right. It did look really realistic. And they had these gnats kind of flying around yeah. him the whole time. It's very funny. It's the only time we see bugs. Good point. Good point. Well, uh, that is our conclusion to this episode of Haiki Book Club. Uh, today's episode was on Zootopia. Try everything. <laughs> A Disney animated feature. 
We've really enjoyed uh, being with you, our listeners, on this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to hear more about what we're up to and get updates from us, we are pretty active on our Twitter. We can be found at Heike Book Club. We also have an Instagram page if you want to follow us there. And if you have any suggestions or uh, requests that you would like to send to us to maybe Book Club, we'd love to hear from you. You can uh, write us a note, a little email at highkeepbookclub at gmail.com. That's that's a wrap. As always, a true delight to speak with you today. Uh, I look forward to whatever we cover next week. Hmm. <laughs> what will it be? I'll scratch we, my chin. Well, hopefully we do what we say, unlike every other time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, maybe School of Rock. Maybe Shrek. Could be another S-titled movie. <laughs> Spy Kids. <laughs> or show. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you'll just have to uh, check in with us later in the week to hear. Uh, but we thank you for listening. And until next time, you'll be hearing from us. Mm-hmm.